is the Creatively Yours podcast. I'm Tira Root, an artist and recovering creative. And this podcast is here to bring you to the intersection of creativity and spirituality. If you are feeling blocked in your creativity, stale or burned out in your faith, or want to have a companion as you chase your creative dreams, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode three. This is the final installment of my personal journey. The path forward I chose, I'm just going to massage my phrasing from last episode a little bit. Last episode, I said I'd be talking about how and why I became a creative wounded healer, why I have a podcast, why I try my hand at being a self-employed creative, why I work at my creative mentors nonprofit. And I've been doing some thinking since. I'd like to rephrase the question to, I've experienced so much recovery, why am I still so devoted to creativity and creative recovery? The first answer that comes to mind is creativity is multifaceted, and I believe there's far more to it, and I'm just itching to experience more and more. The second is from that Mark 12, 28 to 31 passage that I closed with last episode. It has the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And as I said, how you treat yourself is how you treat others. I used creative recovery with myself and now I can't help but treat others the same way. The third answer is I've come to see my creative practices as tuning myself in to myself, to other people, to God, to my environment. Before I work on a creative project, I'll sometimes pray about stepping into the stream. And it's a flexible concept, so it'll change a bit, but basically, in my mind's eye, I see my inner artist stepping into a stream, acknowledging that what comes her way for whatever she's creating is coming to her. She's a vessel. She's a channel for God to bring up what he wishes, craft in her what he wants to do with her thoughts, feelings, and experiences. And on a more macro level, the creative approach to life I've cultivated is like stepping into the stream of the life God intends for me, letting myself tune into what he's saying in so many avenues, my community, my surroundings, my own inner world. When I'm engaged creatively, I'm so much more present and enjoyable to be around. (laughs) Just check out what happened when I took up this random creative exercise. I like literally drew a prompt out of a pile of pieces of paper. This was a stack of cards actually that are all, they all have something on them geared toward filling you up creatively. And so the particular one that I picked up, it totally didn't make sense to me as something to fill me up creatively. It said, watch 
airplanes land. I was like, that's weird. But I did, meaning I pulled up YouTube videos of planes landing. And here are the things that I wrote down in my notebook. You have to land on the line. It's so exact. People could die. They're relying on you. It's an absolute feat of engineering. Just the plane itself. Everyone is watching. You've got to keep going. You make too much noise for even the people outside the plane not to have their attention on you. Knowledge and mastery are necessities. Wow. We created a way to become airborne. Some landings are just in tough conditions or have hardware malfunctions. You can survive, but there is no way to make them pretty. Think about all the gained perspective and empathy and even drive to take on a challenge or finish seeing one through that can come from considering something as everyday as a plane landing. In a nutshell, that's just what my one person's approach to creativity has to offer. Stop, consider, and move on with a new approach or appreciation. Others have different, just as valuable approaches to creativity. That's why I'll be interviewing people on this podcast after this final episode of my personal journey. No matter the approach, there's value. And there's a series of episodes with um, within Tim Mackey's Exploring My Strange Bible podcast on a theology of work that I can't help but think of as I mull this over. He says that work boils down to bringing into this world order, beauty, and benefit. And that's also what creativity has us do. Also, I want to include a quick disclaimer. There's a sense to the premise of this episode that I've come a long distance. And just to be clear, I do not at all mean to say that I've arrived. I'm still recovering, on more levels than just as a creative. But now that I'm far enough along my journey to tell a story that can help others, what am I going to do with my experience? Definitely not sit on it in silence. I've divided the rest of this episode into three sections. What drives my creativity? Where am I right now in my creative journey? And what does creativity equip you with spiritually? In this first section, I'm going to start with the upside-down mystery of servant leadership. I found a very interesting article on leadership that has creativity as a primary discussion point. Here's a quote from it. The first word of the Hebrew Bible, Bereshit, generally translated in the beginning, Genesis 1 verse 1, 
encapsulates the essence of leadership. It is derived from the word rosh, which literally means head, and is the technical term normally used to designate one who is leading in a given situation. The event of creation is thus from the start described as an act of leadership. This quote is literally quoted and included in the article. So it's attributed to J.B. Dukan, or Dokan, in his, I believe it's an essay, Creation is Leadership, and that's in the book Servants and Friends, A Biblical Theology of Leadership. There's a quote about God's ideal in the article. It says, just this phrase, a non-competitive, collaborative, interdependent leadership model that is captured and revealed in the context of creation and in Eden prior to the fall. The first thing God did in our known history of him is create, and he did it as a trinity, as three in one. God, Jesus, and the Spirit. It gives me an inkling that pursuing creativity will help bring about the type of leadership, change, and relational dynamics God intended for humanity. From other parts of scripture, we learn that God, when he shows up, serves. Matthew 28, or sorry, Matthew 20, 28, says about Jesus, God in the flesh, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And that brings me to one way of being a servant leader, which I mentioned at the very end of last episode, being a wounded healer. The idea comes from Isaiah 53.5. It says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. After resurrection, Jesus still had holes in his hands and his side. You can see John 20 verse 20. One immediate reason to do that was to prove to his disciples that he truly was the Jesus who had been crucified with a nail through each hand and proven dead with a spear puncturing his middle. For generations down the line, eventually, us, he may have also wanted to show us he was not ashamed of his wounds. Neither do we need to feel shame about ours. Our wounds allow us to relate and empathize. 2 Corinthians 13.4 says, For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealing with you. In the final chapter of Pure the Journey, Dave and Robin Widener rephrased the point of this passage, As you invest in helping others from your weaknesses, then Jesus lives through you in your dealings with them. And so one of my weaknesses, <laughs> well, how should I put this? The weakness that I'm just very aware of as I venture into doing this podcast is I'm not an expert in creativity or psychology or therapy, nor the topics that I make my art about. This whole idea, though, of being a wounded healer helps me think about this and not 
become crippled by my awareness of this weakness. I can hold others' yokes. It's this idea I'm drawing again from from Pure the Journey. Um, you can check out page 255, still in that, that final chapter. But as a creative, I can learn from others who are ahead of me in maturity, ingenuity, spirituality, and craft, and I can bear others' yokes. I can unravel the pitfalls of this whole being human thing with them, and my curiosity, my listener's ear, my willingness to speak up when I see something unfair, they've all increased immensely. And I'm realizing I did not quote, not quote, I didn't cite the um, scripture that I usually do when this idea of yokes comes up. I believe it is, yep, found it in Galatians 6 verse 5, also verse 2. The last thing I have here for this bit about being a wounded healer is a quote from Kyle Spears, who has the Truth Trauma Theology YouTube channel. He says, if we don't use our misery for ministry, our misery will become a mystery. I've spent a lot of time there on service. We also must mention self-care. The Mark 12 passage says, love your neighbor as yourself. However, I've spent the last two episodes on this idea, so I won't belabor it here. Next, I want to talk about owning the creature God made me to be. God created mankind in his own image. What I take away from that in Genesis 127 is that refusing to create is counter to our very nature. There are artists, but we're all creative in the very basic sense of the word. We create something. Dynamics, businesses, computer code, piles of laundry. If you keep putting off your creative desires or avoiding them, you'll never learn the place they should have in your life. The role of desire, which was so tricky for me, has something profound written about it in the book Changes That Heal by Dr. Henry Cloud. This is from page 126. When we do not acknowledge our desires, we cut ourselves off from who we are and we limit our future satisfaction, our future service to God and others, our motivation, and our sanctification. God uses our desires to fulfill his purposes, as well as to satisfy himself as a giver. Think of how frustrating it must be for the biggest giver in the universe to not be able to give to one of his children because they do not realize that they desire what he has to give. God would get stuck with his gifts and lose out on the joy of giving. Only when we admit our desires can God work with us to meet them, delay them, encourage us to give them up, or whatever would be helpful. But we have to own up to them before he can do something with them. James names some of the consequences of not taking responsibility for our desires. You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives. 
that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. James 4, 2-3 Mixed up in many fights and quarrels, says James, are two kinds of unmet desires. Those not asked for, and those asked for, out of wrong motives. I love that the quote he uses to back up what we need to own our desires is from the same book of the Bible as the scripture that made me so afraid of my desires, which was James 1 from episode 1. On to section 2, where am I right now in my creative journey? Here's what I've learned. I know I definitely have these hats that I wear as an artist and businesswoman. I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a creative entrepreneur. It's hard to own that last one. I'm sweating a little bit as I verbalize it, even though I've been trying on the phrase for probably a couple of years now. Because entrepreneur feels so different from my natural personality. But to try to give you a sense of who and what each of these are, I see the writer as sensitive, emotional, deep, takes long amounts of time to do the writing work. As a podcaster, I thrive on deep connection. I have the same themes as the writer, but more of the methods of the creative entrepreneur. And the creative entrepreneur is an aesthete, loves things, um, being aesthetically just the way that she wants. She's a breadwinner and the realist, the strategist. I'm also suspecting that some sort of development is happening. Will I branch off into different types of artists, perhaps during different seasons of my life and career? Basically, will this, what I just described of being a writer, that kind of came first, writer. Then, actually, then came being a creative entrepreneur, and from there came being a podcaster. And so there's a bit of a like growth that's going on. And so, will that growth continue into the future? I dabble in painting and poetry and photography and music. Will I grow into any of those someday? I'm sweating, sweating again, sharing that these are things that I've tried. I don't want expectations on any of these creative outlets. And honestly, if there are any expectations, they're coming from me doing a little self-check right there. I bring up these other outlets because I think it's important. Part of being a creative and a disciple is not settling into thinking you are, or sorry, where you are and what you're doing now is going to stay the same. Section three, what does creativity equip you with spiritually? It equips you with resilience and general pliancy from doing something you enjoy. Trusting yourself and knowing yourself better, which is proving so valuable to me as I traverse more and more of life, 
and the situations get more complicated and higher stakes. It equips you with a freshness. From doing research and or processing, it keeps you from regressing back into old patterns, things I could easily shove under the rug. For example, I keep writing my novel and it helps me to process and see more clearly, to forgive so much more. Just the novel I'm currently working on alone has walked me through an over-dependence on my parents I needed to wean myself off of. I'm in my mid-twenties and have been working on the novel for a few years. It helped me with forgiving my parents for things I'd blamed on them in my unhealthy over-dependence. It's helped me better um, find the place that creativity holds in my life. Post-creative recovery sessions with my mentor as I was um, starting to work on personal projects again, it's also helped me through many shifts in current events and social awareness. It's also been a place, hard to describe, but it makes me think of the turbulence of my relationship with God. It may have ebbed, that turbulence may have ebbed, but I still have eddies swirling that need processing. And because my novel comes out of some of that turbulence, I keep doing the processing I have to in order to write the novel. Creativity equips you with emotional intelligence. It gives me a sensitivity and depth I'd be glossing over, completely not realizing if I didn't take the time and allow the space. And I acknowledge that as a writer, my creativity exhibits very differently from other people's. So, for example, I need to journal about an experience before I can write a story about it. But imagine leaning into the following creatively. This is a real response of mine to the following prompt that I found in an old journal. How does my relationship with God set a ceiling on my recovery? And recovery here is spiritual recovery, being restored to a vibrant relationship with God. So that was a prompt. Here are my answers. I want to save myself but I can do far less than him. I feel the need to come before him put together, with everything figured out. Perfect. I hardly pray. I expect him to yank me out of my dream for my life at a moment's, <laughs> at a moment's notice, so I sometimes feel supported by him as a creative entrepreneur, but feel certain it's temporary. These are spiritual issues I brought up. How can creativity help with them? The last one is a short story waiting to happen, but even just the third answer I gave, prayer. I remember being floored when my cousin, one of my dearest friends, told me once as I was unspooling to her my misgivings about taking time to write that, well, isn't writing a form of prayer? color me shook. 
One of my most clarifying prayer times in all of life was when I took a situation I didn't know how to approach but had an unmanageable number of feelings about, and I asked myself to draw it. It resolved itself into an image of all the aspects of the situation dive-bombing me like birds taking nosedives from the sky. I was feeling attacked. It would have taken a lot longer to decode the situation if I hadn't given it freedom to express itself in an art form. Creativity can gift you with friends. Dave and Robin Widener have definitely become dear friends of mine. I took a trip to visit them at their home, and while I was there for that weekend, I wanted to cry because I felt so seen, known, so loved. I have writers that I'm friends with from conferences, from courses I've taken, from Facebook groups that I'm a part of. Even my editing clients have become friends. Creativity preserves our experiences for those who come after us. Is anyone else glad we get to stand on the shoulders of those who came before us? (laughs) This is a many-layered example that I'm about to give, but I read a book called Diaries of Court Ladies of Old Japan. That's not true. I didn't finish reading it. I'm misrepresenting. I read like a third of it. (laughs) And granted, this is diaries, um, the like actual translated into English, but still actual diaries of these women who lived around the year 1000 AD. But yeah, at least two of the women were writers. This is from the Heian era of Japan. And I got to learn about life in ancient Japan and garner a new appreciation for the Bible. My head spun at considering I was reading something a thousand years old. Then I remembered the Bible. Its youngest documents are twice that age. Also, I don't mean to cast a rosy hue over the mess creativity is. Some days, writing feels like getting too stuck in my head, too caught up in my own ideas, in my own ideals, even. And I know that not even everyone who might want to be creative is going to have the opportunity, the bandwidth, um, the life circumstances that will let them be creative. And writing and creativity in general is an avenue to be human. That means mess. It also means we have the potential to break what holds us back, to heal from wounds, to create new cycles where there used to be shame and injustice. Consider Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. And that is why I'm still so devoted to creativity and creative recovery.
to give you guys a preview for next episode, it will be the first interview episode. I'm so excited to have someone else on the podcast with me. I also want to mention links are now on my website for each show. Whatever I mentioned within the particular episode that was a resource, whether it was a book or a website, there are now links to all of those resources. That is deepwatermediaandpress.com forward slash podcast. If you live in Pioneer Valley, hang around after the outro for something fun I want to invite you to join me for this summer. Thank you for listening to the Creatively Yours podcast. Let me know what you think and if this resonates with your story. Like, follow, or subscribe if you want more. And if you want to receive word directly in your inbox when I update this podcast, you can sign up at email.deepwatermediaandpress.com. You can also check out the backlist episodes at deepwatermediaandpress.com forward slash podcast. All right, signing off. Creatively yours. Hello, Pioneer Valley folks. So I have on offer for you a group. Yes, based on the podcast, but also we will read together the book, The Artist's Way. This will be a local group. That's why I'm keeping it to Pioneer Valley people. I'm hoping to meet in person whenever possible on Tuesdays, 6 to 7.30 p.m. It will run for 12 weeks. We'll start the week of June 12th which is coming right up, and run through the week of August 28th. To give you a sense of the time commitment and just what the group will be like, I'm thinking that as we read The Artist's Way, which is broken up into 12 weeks, 12 chapters, each week we will read a subsection from one of those chapters. We'll also pick one exercise from that week's chapter. I will also send out something, perhaps a passage of scripture, perhaps a song, whatever fits the theme for that week from the artist's way. I want to mimic my own experience of reading the artist's way and having something very grounding and biblical right alongside it. Because The Artist's Way is a spiritual book. It is not Christian. And we're going to use what it brings up in tandem with our faith. And so having a great grounding to do that is definitely something that I want to provide. And I'm saying that we'll just read one subsection, we'll just do one exercise, but there is absolutely freedom to do as much of the other exercises, of the rest of the readings as you would like to do. I just want to acknowledge that we are real people with real lives and real life gets busy. So I want to make this as doable for as many people as possible. The goal of this group is increased intimacy with God and with other people. 
And so that is what we will be talking about. It will come up by talking about, like a typical group will probably be, hey, how did this past week go? We'll talk about the readings and the exercise and just exercises, perhaps, and just talk about any positive experiences, perhaps negative experiences, realizations, any new convictions, any challenges in your spiritual walk due to this creativity work, and whatever else we want to talk about. There is no fee besides buying a copy of The Artist's Way. Most retailers sell it in paperback for $15 or less. If this is something you're interested in, please sign up at deepwatermediaandpress.com forward slash group. Signups close June 8th so I can prepare. I'm only looking for three participants minimum to get this up and running, but I will cap it at eight. So sign up as soon as you can. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.